0: If I go down to Destin, Florida or something, mm-hmm. and it's towards the end of the week and the sun's setting, mm-hmm. and I'm standing there watching that sunset, what is happening in that moment? Like That's the moments we look back on and go, man, mm-hmm. I just wish I could get back there.
1: Right.
0: And that's all meditation really is. What is actually happening in those moments is it's actually proven through MRIs. Mm-hmm. The blood is rushing away from this rumination part of your brain called the default mode network. Mm. And the default mode network is responsible for rumination, but it's also responsible for quick decision making, Mm
2: -hmm. for
0: being a great CEO. Mm -hmm. You have a strongly developed default mode network. Mm -hmm. You can make decisions just like that. And so it has a purpose, Mm -hmm. an important purpose. The problem is what we can do is we kind of get stuck in that mode all day long, Mm yeah, and we end up trying to process every little thing be ready for every little thing that happens all day long yeah yeah and when that happens it actually it's proven that you your brain stops connecting in new and creative ways Mm -hmm. and it only kind of gets these rigid connections and you become a more rigid person Mm -hmm. and so the goal is to kind of i like to say i get to go to the beach every day Mm -hmm. because in those 10 minutes. All you're doing is you're moving blood away from all that thinking Mm. and rumination area, and you get to experience that beach moment, Mm. and your brain becomes healthier, more connected. They're even saying now that brains that meditate are actually younger.
2: Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Edcox.
1: I'm your host, Lindsay Nobles. I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. And I'm your host, Hannah Warren. Hey, friends.
3: You know those people that make you feel at home in their presence simply because they are so in tune with themselves? That's how I felt meeting today's guest for the first time. On site night supervisor Keith Hayes joins Hannah and I for a really incredible conversation. Originally, we sat down and thought we would talk all about his meditation journey and how the act of mindfulness and pursuing presence has radicalized his life over the last few years. But as we started talking, Keith's passion for the on-site experience just came through and he provided us the most beautiful glimpse into, I think, is one of the most special and sacred and rare parts of the on-site experience that we don't hear about, the evenings. What happens After the therapists go back to their spaces and the work is done for the day and you're done with lectures, what do those evenings look like? He talks all about community and how we create a safe container for people to show up as themselves and continue the work that they are doing in the on-site experience and process throughout the week. I was so grateful for this rare glimpse, and I can't wait for you to meet Keith. He just has the most incredible presence, and I know you're going to love this interview. Keith, I'm so excited to be so sitting excited. down with you. Hannah and I have been so excited. we have been buzzing all week. All week. It's coming. We know. <laughs> I think I'm really excited because you actually listened to the podcast. That is the first thing I learned about you.
1: Yeah, me too, actually. Yes. Oh, that's the first time I felt the Keith Hayes encouragement. Yeah.
0: Oh, what did I say?
1: You, I didn't even know you. And you came up to me and said that you had listened to the podcast yeah. and you were like, I think you called out specific things like that. I asked good questions, or it was really encouraging. Yeah. It's a vulnerable space yeah. to talk on a podcast. So, thank you for being vulnerable today. <laughs> you're um, welcome. But yeah, I love that. Love that you're a listener.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited to be here. I have a real heart for on site. So, I want to share a little of what I get to see every day. Yeah. So, it's, uh, I do believe it's a special place. And um, to be able to be on the inside and then Chat with the guides after they've had a long day of uh, mm-hmm. working with clients and hearing their encouragement and passion for what they do. It's it's a special, unique position that we're in. Yeah. Um, and then we get to watch them after their days and how they're feeling after that, and just the processing the on at night and watch them all come together and
1: mm-hmm. really yeah.
0: get really close at yeah. night. So it's it's special.
1: Tell tell the listeners who you are, just as a human, who is Keith. And then also after that, you can tell them what you do here at OnSite.
0: Yeah. So I am a 53-year-old father of three, husband of my wife, Kim, for 30 years. Wow. Coming up next year, 30 years. Congratulations. I'm already counting it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, we've lived—I was born and raised in Tennessee. That's a fun fact I like to share at night.
1: You're a native.
0: Um, I'm a true Tennessee native. Wow. So I like to share some of the um, secret words that
1: oh. at night that you
0: need to know if you're going to live here in the South.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: That you might hear <laughs> while you're a visitor at on-site.
1: <laughs> Can't wait. I want the list. <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: we definitely discuss, if you hear, bless your heart. Right.
1: It's not a good not thing. not
0: necessarily no, a compliment. No, it's not a real blessing. And your heart's not really getting blessed. <laughs> no, so Watch no. out for that. I'm glad it, it is <laughs> Yeah.
3: That is so funny. And what is kind of a snapshot of your current season of life? What does that look like?
0: Yeah, I think we'll get into it, too. But I had a 30-year investment career. Wow. That's wild. So it is a long time. It was really great, too. Mm-hmm. Great for me and my family and mm-hmm. the things it provided us and that sort of thing. And then I had a pretty long period of time where—more uh, than a year, more than two years, probably— where I was completely lost yeah, mm-hmm. and got to a point where I realized that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of sat in that for as long as I needed to. And at the end of That's that— scary and vulnerable, yeah.
3: just to say, like, there's—I don't know how, when the end of this is
0: going to be. Yeah, well, as my wife will attest to— There were many days literally (laughs) in fetal position (laughs) laying on the couch. But I look back at that. I was even thinking a few minutes ago, actually, as I was sitting out in the woods at Onsite. And I was thinking about how amazing that was if I looked at it day by day, moment Mm. by moment. So, for instance, my son was 15 years old a year before driving. Okay, And I picked him up from school every day. Hmm. I got to take him to school every day. Like, yeah, you cannot trade that for any amount of money in the world. Hmm. And so it's these things that in the moment we're like, I'm a total loser. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And it's not true. It just wasn't true. It was actually probably some of my sweetest times. It was definitely my biggest times
1: of learning. Hmm. So, yeah. I um, love that. Even just the power of noticing. I think sometimes we become... We victimize ourselves to yeah. our circumstances or to a season, and we can just call it all a wash. Like, this is just bad. I'm lost. I'm X, Y, Z about a whole season of time. But I love that, that. And you could actually call back and say, like, oh, no, that, that morning was really beautiful. That afternoon was really connected. And get, begin to see the good. But you have to notice it and pay attention to it. Yeah, totally. Um, I think a lot of
0: that is— is kind of what my journey represents now, is,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is kind of like, where am I in life? You know, and I was in the investment business for 30 years and so I got to some really great relationships with really successful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it always fascinated me because more often than not, the anxiety that was rampant in that community,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: in my community, a lot of it was due to, like, I just don't know my purpose. I don't mm-hmm. know
2: mm-hmm.
0: who I am or yeah. where I'm headed. What is the purpose of my life? And I kind of came to a point where I started realizing, like, where, where are you right now? Yeah. That is your purpose. Yeah, It's not always about getting somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It may be about living each day mm. to the fullest in what's been given you that day.
1: Y'all, that's good. That's hard. So it's hard. It's really hard. I think that we see that a ton. That's what I was thinking a ton of I people think end about. I think about the privilege of all the people we get to welcome to our programs. And so often we do get people that have reached a lot of quote unquote success. Yeah. They've kind of made it in their career, whether they're a, a CEO of a big company or maybe they're a musician or XYZ, they've found some success in some way for a lot of people yeah. and they're like, crap, I just reached the height of my career and this doesn't feel like I thought it would. Like, what now? Like, that doesn't feel as good as I wanted it to. And yeah. and that's a scary place to be. And it really prompts you to begin to do some soul searching.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. I'll be on the mic at night and just mention, "I hey, Keith from Tennessee, I've had a 30-year investment career. And I'm telling you, more often than not, somebody's grabbing me afterwards and like, do you have mm. a minute to talk about that? Mm. Because I really feel lost right now. Yeah. Like I don't exactly know what I'm doing with my life, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of times, at least from my experience, it's people with amazing families, mm-hmm. amazing lives. And so, to really try to figure out what's going on underneath all that is has been kind of a journey for me, hmm. kind yeah. of what I've really explored.
3: Well, I would make up that there's, like, some guilt and shame there that why is this not enough? Why is the amazing life and the amazing family not enough? Why am I still feeling empty? Why am I still feeling like that? And so imagine it's a really lonely place and would lead people here to, to kind of do some of that work to rediscover who they are, how to be present, how to show up to the life Absolutely, they're living. Absolutely, Yes. And I love that you create that that safe container. Yeah. yeah can you tell
1: us what you do? I don't yeah. think we've gone to that part yet. Yeah, we can jump in. Yeah, you, you're talking about you've mentioned at night several times. That's right. What do you, where is life now? That's kind of part of your story that brought you here. Yeah. I'm sure we'll explore a little bit more yeah, we can, that. Yeah, we can do that for what, sure. Who, what do you do here now?
0: Yeah, so I am the night nice supervisor. I loved to kid our head of programming that I don't supervise anybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, if you're here at OnSite, you're not getting supervised by me, but I will certainly help you with whatever you need. But yeah, not a lot of supervising going on by Keith Hayes, I can tell yeah. you that. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. So what does that, what's a night supervisor mean? So yeah,
0: I, I wanted to kind of, if I could, paint yeah. a picture of kind of like what the client's day look like so before like- they get to me as well.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. Yeah, so let's, so, you know, in the morning... A client will get up and, and listen to literally a world class speaker. Yeah. Pretty much first thing in the morning after breakfast. Kathleen, Christine, Carlos, who have all been on these podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can go back and listen to them. And it never ceases to amaze me. I yeah. get to be friends with these wise people yeah. who have done so much work. Yeah. And so much healing of other people. It's It's just a true honor to be around them. Hmm. But they'll do a lecture in the morning and typically a meditation in there as well. Yeah. But then break off into their groups and do their group work all day. And then after that, which
1: group work sounds a little scary. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I know. So, but
1: fun. (laughs) So, yeah,
0: by the time they get to us at night, they come down for dinner. And Mm -hmm. I do want to point out the dinner here is ridiculous.
1: So you eat dinner
3: every time you're here on campus?
0: I eat dinner every night. Lucky
3: guy.
0: Yes. (laughs) So I was gonna ask you guys because my I'm absolutely obsessed with the Ay tuna here. So good. So good. Mm -hmm. good. And the I love all the different spicy soups they serve. Mm -hmm. Mm Yes. Chef Mm -hmm. is really good at the spicy soups. And then, of course, I knew I was gonna be eating dinner here every night when I started working here. Mm -hmm. And so I told myself, I will not have dessert (gasps) unless. It's cheesecake. If they have cheesecake, I get it once a week. So, uh, so once good. a week, I <laughs> break down and have my cheesecake. Oh, so It's too good. hard to resist. so yeah. good.
3: Have you had the uh, Cumberland Furnace
0: hot chicken? Oh, my gosh, yes. I think so that's good. my favorite right now. I like now.
1: that. I really like the sea bass. Oh, yeah. yeah, our hospitality team, really, or our culinary team and hospitality, they all really blow it out of the water.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is really amazing. And I am always, always laugh when people show up on campus because— they think they're going to some cafeteria-style right. yeah, place, camp. and i like...
1: I know when I did a program, I, I had friends and roommates that were like, oh, I thought I was going to be eating Sloppy Joe's. And I like, know. You know, and they're just thinking of major camp food or, like, over a campfire, maybe hot dogs. I know. Different. It
0: kind of ruins going out to eat in Nashville for me a little bit, because yeah. I get to eat this every single night.
1: That's <laughs> so awesome. it's like... But I love that yeah. you mentioned that, because it's a total part of the experience. Yes. Which we'll kind of continue to unpack, but it's not just the lecture and the therapy in a group room, mm-hmm. but those things are equally a as part important in and healing and nurturing and thoughtfully put together to be a part of this healing experience. Yeah, I
0: mean, part of that is we have seats outside yeah, and the music's going and everybody's sitting at the table and it gets loud and mm-hmm. it's, it's really fun to watch yeah. people bond as the week goes on.
3: And I yeah. think there's an intentionality too, even to like the cadence of meals that we have, like when you reach a point where you need some comfort food in your process, like, oh, it's, you know, Southern Hospitality Day. Yeah. And we're doing it in a way that's um, elevated and gluten-free and conscious of people's dietary restrictions. But it's just really cool to see the way that yeah. we have gotten intentional of knowing what kind of the life cycle of a program looks yeah. like so that you
1: can. Totally. We've, we've intentionally gone before you yeah. in that. This is continuing to pull back the curtain, but yeah. like even people who experience trauma generally yeah. have more food allergies because their body mm. can't process a lot yeah. of the same foods. And so um, even we have a program dedicated to trauma work and called Healing Trauma Program, and that week we have a lot more dietary-friendly mm. um, meal options. Yeah. We have more gluten-free, more vegan, more non-dairy options because a lot of times trauma – stops us from physically processing our food in the same wow. way as a more healed whole body. So and good. so it's it's so cool that even even what we're putting in our mouths is healing us. You know, that yeah. like there's the community aspect. There's like the sitting out at the tables and laughing and watching the sunset and there's also like actually the food is a part of the process too. And it doesn't hurt that it's absolutely delicious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: I mean, you're teaching me things I didn't know that's yeah, a, I that's didn't amazing. Know that. I yeah. think it's
1: super
3: interesting to You mention like people bond and as the week goes on and that we've mentioned it on this podcast before, but it is very true to my own experience is that it wasn't just the heaviness of the group yeah. room.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I haven't know. laughed
3: that mm-hmm. much. I haven't had that much fun. I haven't slept that well. Like it's a holistic experience and I don't think we talk enough about what the evenings can hold and what you hold yeah. and the gift that you get to offer people of giving them a reprieve. Mm-hmm. to just be to be human to connect with each other to return to some of the things that we've forgotten how to do like yeah. how do you talk without your phone Yeah. how do you talk without talking about what you do
1: how do you look at the stars yeah how do you, how do you play games yeah. and
3: just laugh until you cry like yes
1: so, absolutely. we, what, so, so we're you were, you were you were saying you had dinner, and then we're just pulling yeah. us back into our experience. You really stepped in. Up. We're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I was loving it. Time to That's,
0: sign up for another program. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I want to, the first thing I have to do is give a shout out to the programming team mm, because I love them they're so awesome. much. Like, mm-hmm. really special people, especially the night team. And mm-hmm. I want to, I want to mm-hmm. just say to Rick <laughs> and to James B and Diana and, Of course, James the Elder, I call him. Two Jameses. Or sometimes I call him Hippie James. Shout out to you, Mm Hippie James. But yeah, it's a great crew. And then also, um, just before we move ahead, I do want to give a shout out to the alumni Mm -hmm. who've come through in the last year when I've been here. Mm Yeah. Because they really, you guys have really impacted me. You made a huge difference in my life. And I, do, I, want, I don't want to dismiss that lightly right? Yeah. because it is truly a wonderful community that comes through on-site. And so I want to make sure we pause and,
1: mm-hmm. and recognize
0: them. Mm-hmm. And I hope if you're hearing this, you're hearing my voice, it brings you right back to the fire pit or, or front porch and you remember your core self,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: right where you are. So, yes. So what we do is everybody heads up after dinner. And we head up to this massive carriage house, which is this beautiful wooden building, you know, and it's kind of our domain. Mm-hmm. So we start off with some announcements and and, and quotes. And one of the—I'm the, a quote fanatic. If you right. come to OnSite, you're going to get quotes, yep. like, constantly yes. by me. Uh-huh. I don't stop. So <laughs> one of the quotes that really has always resonated with me and the clients that really, I think, describes our healing hospitality at OnSite mm-hmm. It's by Gregory Boyle. He he actually started the largest gang rehab mm. in the world. In, he's in Seattle, I believe. And he said, it would seem that quite possibly the ultimate measure of health in any community might well reside in our ability to stand in awe of what folks have to carry mm. rather than in judgment at how they carry it.
1: That's mm. good. That's really good.
0: Yeah, and so if there's any posture we take as night supervisors is to stand in awe mm. of, of the clientele coming through there. And when you hear some of the resilience and get to be a part of those stories and of, of the healing for the week in some small way, it's it's amazing. Mm. I do believe there are heroic people mm-hmm. coming through here. And that, and that really all people are heroes just waiting to be found, mm-hmm. you know, so it's fun to get to see that because it yeah. comes out here.
1: Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts about the onsite experience is that you, you get to, maybe for a lot of people, the first time become your own hero and like mm. insert mm. yourself into your own story and like yes. take back agency. So many of us have had things taken away from us yeah. or we've been victim to things. And yeah, it's such a beautiful part of the onsite experience is, be, is becoming your own hero when we've been kind of waiting for someone else to do that for us, you know?
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely, and that's why I love. We we've talked about it before on this podcast, I know, but that they're guides here. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's what they're I was world say, I was class like therapists,
0: but when they're here, they're guides.
1: Yeah, and yeah. you don't have to become the hero on your own. I guess that's a good clarification. Yeah, like people help you step into that seat. Yeah, both your guides and your. And groups. they're
0: not pushing you, and they're not pulling you. Mm-hmm. They're just guides. Hey, you go that way,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they and people go.
3: There's something about the group experience. We've talked a lot about that, but. Just the healing that happens in that room for people to reflect back to you to say, hey, I see this in you. Mm -hmm. You are the hero of the story. Mm -hmm. And the way that we set up group work and experiential and psychodrama, like you get to enroll in a way that does give you agency back. Mm -hmm. It makes me think of this as a really terrible example. But in the movie The Holiday, the main character, Kate Winslet's character, is talking to this very elderly gentleman. And he was a writer back in Hollywood back in the day. And he says— Iris, you—like, in the movies, there's the best friend character and the heroine. And you're living your life like you're the best friend character when clearly you're the heroine. Wow. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I have been in therapy for years, and no one has put it quite that simply for Mm -hmm. me. Like, I am the heroine. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's what I just thought of in that moment. It's really silly, but— No, that's great. For someone to reflect back to you, to say, hey, I see this in you. Yeah. There's so much healing, and then you get to do the same to other people in that group room.
1: I yeah. love even in the brief time we've slightly walked through the day because we keep it up. Yeah, to we keep it up. To we've honored <laughs> okay. the alumni several times, and yeah, that, I think that's really a beautiful reflection of yeah. what we all try to embody here yeah. at Onset and what that, yeah, I love that you've taken the time to do that because I think a lot of times we talk about the process and we talk about all these things, but you have a unique seat to the people
0: oh, you yeah. are actually
1: doing the hard work and the good work and the fun work and like all of that. So I love that you've created space for them here.
0: Yeah. And part of that space is we have this gorgeous mansion from the 1850s it has been restored. It's got an entire downstairs with fireplaces and quiet spots you can sit in. We have the Fire pit that goes every night, and we keep that. Do you going. even do the
3: fire pit in the summer? Because I never got to have a fire pit because I did a July program. So I don't want to give people a false view. <laughs> that they might get a fire pit if they're in here in the heat of yeah. the Tennessee summer.
0: Well, it's like I told somebody last night that was asking about February. I'm like, listen, I'll build a fire for you <laughs> any day of the week. I like I to say, I like to say my job is to build fires and love on people. Like yeah. it's the greatest job in the world. Yeah. But if it's 10 degrees and you want to go sit out by that fire, Got that is it. your prerogative. I'm not going to sit <laughs> yeah. with you. i going. <laughs> I won't be out there with you, you but yourself. I'll get that darn thing started.
2: <laughs> good deal. Good deal. Yeah.
0: yeah. So if it's 100 degrees and you want a fire, I'll make you a fire. Yeah. I just yeah. won't be anywhere near it. I just won't be doing that. There'll so at no night,
1: you, have, you come together, and then you're kind of saying some of the things that can happen. What else yeah. happens kind of after hours at Onsite? Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we have organized activities. We have sound bowls a lot of times. We have yoga. It just depends on the week. All sorts of different offerings, we call them. Mm -hmm. And usually that is kind of the main core, and then people will kind of disperse around that. And one of the things I love about it is nothing is mandatory. Mm
3: -hmm. It's an invitation.
0: Yes, right. It's an invitation. And uh, we like to say just go full in this week as far as you want. But if there's times you don't want to go to your room and you want to be quiet. Yeah, and
1: could be sleeping. Fallen yeah. could be reading a book. Like, there is lots exactly. of ways to care for yourself. Going off in a small group and talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah it can totally look different for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it,
3: of one of the most healing experiences of my entire on-site experience was an evening activity where we were paired up with another group and we all played the fishbowl game. Mm-hmm. And I just laughed and laughed and laughed, and I saw these people who I'd been in the trenches with all week, right Like I had been mm. in their stories, in the grief with them, I had understanding the depths of what they had experienced, and I was just watching them come to life, yeah and there was there was a resilience in it, and there was a "If they can do this, then so can I mm-hmm. you know, um. And it was just so beautiful. It's yeah. my absolute favorite time. Like I can't think about this one man who I can't even remember his name, but mm-hmm. he made me cry at laughing so hard. So can you see kind that. of that
1: transformation that yeah. you
3: see?
0: We have rhythms every night. We know who's showing up. And I mean the population. We know what the population is gonna show up as mm-hmm. because the program is very intentional. Mm-hmm. So we know night one. The terror in the room.
2: <laughs> yeah, <And> everyone's nervous <laughs> and
0: scared, and looking at us funny, and jokes flop. I can promise yeah. you that. Yeah, we've learned not to tell too many jokes on night one. Right. And then um, it gets louder and louder, and people quit showing up on time at six thirty, and maybe it becomes six thirty-five, six forty, because everybody's having too much fun talking mm-hmm. at dinner time. And then by the end, it's just complete community. Mm. Yeah. So all we have to do is just help supply that community.
3: I love getting to show a bit more of the on-site experience through this conversation with Keith. I love how passionate he is about creating a safe container for our guests and his desire to help each person get the most out of their on-site experience. Could this be the year that you experience on-site in person on one of our two campuses? If you're ready to take the jump, our admissions team would love to help you find the right experience for you at 1-800-341-7432.
1: I wonder if you could call out like what you've seen in community, set so a couple of unique things about an on-site program, which I know we've mentioned before, is but there's no technology. So when you come to a, a program, you... Do not have access to your phone or computer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of separates you from the outside world and allows you to be present. And then the other thing we kind of ask people to abide by is not sharing what you do for a Mm -hmm. vocation. And I know that's especially awkward on night one where you're like, you have no idea. You usually meet someone and say, hey, what do you do? do?" (laughs) And so both of those things kind of feel fumbly. And it can feel like, from an outside perspective, like, well, then how do I get to know people? Or how Mm -hmm. do I bond? Or... I don't know, like, I'm just going to know these people for five days. Like, how well can I really form no, community? Okay. But whether, however that looks post-onsite, we do see week after week after week that they're, the community is bonded by the end of the week. They have shown up, They for a lot of people— become a family to people they people I know for my group they in that five days knew things that my family don't know and probably will never know like just because of some of the sacred space that they held for me so can you speak to like maybe some attributes or how you've seen community just continue to grow or kind of speak to the possibility of community in in that short amount of time
0: that's so easy yeah and (laughs) just to touch on the phones I know you guys have spoken about this before but It is literally, it's not an exaggeration to say people literally shake, handing their phone in. Not everybody, but some part of the community will literally be shaking, handing their phone in. And they literally will be, those same people will be shaking when they pick them back up (laughs) at the end of the week. And they don't want them, and um, I always make the offer. I was like, clean it, I'll sell it for you. I'll take half, you know. But no, it's, um, it's, it's real. The beautiful thing about Onsite is, yes, you're, you're paying to come here for one week, but I don't know anybody that it just is a week. It ends up being a community that that you just never leave. We like to say once you're an alumni of Onsite, it's a special, close-knit group.
1: Well, because you, I mean, a you're changed, but also you have new tools, new language. Yeah that other people don't have. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're wrong people or bad people. But I can connect with Mackenzie yeah. in a way that I can connect differently than with even my best friends because she has a similar she set of tools. Language, yeah. She has language to what we've been through. Yeah. And we didn't go to a program together. I don't yeah. know what her I don't know what she did in her group room. She doesn't know what I did in mine. But I know the process and I know we've both uh, trusted the process mm-hmm. and engaged with it. And so there is a unique bond to the community.
0: Yeah, even... Um even that week of presence with each other, I just can't imagine not being aware of when someone is on their phone while you're having a conversation with them going forward. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you kind of know once you've been to OnSite is like, I got to show up for my relationships. You know, I've got to set yeah. boundaries for my relationships. And a lot of that centers around technology. I'm going to yeah. put this thing up and I talk to people. And yeah.
1: I'm, I'd love if we could kind of turn into that. I know presence is a really important thing for you. And and something that you've shared with us is that you practice mindfulness and meditation. And that's been a big part of your journey in coming back to yourself and healing and finding purpose and meaning in the here and now. Can you share a little bit about kind of how you stumbled into that?
0: Yes, I can definitely do that.
1: Yeah, Um, it's exciting to hear from you.
0: I am so excited. I have an app that I started using years ago, Insight Timer. And it is actually, a lot of people don't know unless you're in the meditation community, but it's actually the largest public free meditation Hmm. app in the world. 22 million people on the app, over 100,000 meditations, which can sound a little overwhelming. (laughs) But I got involved with that. Sort of in that time where I was trying to figure out, like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, who am I? I feel like I can't find who I am. I can't find where I'm headed, blah, 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 blah. And I kept noticing all these people who I really admired, happened to be meditators, too. People who had the kind of an ease about them
2: Yeah, seemed, mm-hmm.
0: to, be, seemed to be talk about meditation. Yeah. And I wanted to find out more about that. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this process. And I did. I started um, meditation. And really, meditation is hard to understand. Yeah. Because it sounds a little woo woo. You know, it sounds like you're, especially when you do it, not a lot happens when you do it. You right. know, it's <laughs> like you're not, you don't come out of there like glowing or anything. Right. Or you just, you just meditate and then you kind of go, well, I thought about a lot of stuff during that 10 minutes. <laughs> I wasn't a great meditator today. You right. know? Yeah. So I've really been looking into, because I want to share this gift of meditation with people. Mm-hmm. And my friends just sort of can roll their eyes at me like, yeah, that sounds great, Keith. I'm glad you like it. It doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah, I hear that a lot.
0: And I want to push back on that today. Because, I, and I've got this analogy I came up with in the last couple of weeks I was thinking about. I was like, when when are those moments where your mind is most clear? Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you guys, so I want to get your response uh, to those moments. But for me, if I go down to Destin, Florida or something, Mm -hmm. and it's towards the end of the week and the sun's setting, Mm -hmm. and I'm standing there watching that sunset, what is happening in that moment? Like, that's the moments we look back on and go, man,
1: Mm -hmm. I just
0: wish I could get back there.
1: Right.
0: And that's all meditation really is. It's, allowing your brain to kind of, what happens when you're looking at a sunset on the beach is Mm -hmm. you're not able to think of anything else. You know, you're just like, you're stuck looking at this sunset on the beach. And so what actually is really happening, there's something called the default mode network in your brain. Mm -hmm. And it is responsible for rumination. What is actually happening in those moments is It's actually proven through MRIs. Mm. The blood is rushing away from this rumination part of your brain called the default mode network. Mm. And the default mode network is responsible for rumination, but it's also responsible for quick decision making, Mm
2: -hmm. for
0: being a great CEO. Mm. You have a strongly developed default mode network. Mm. You can make decisions just like that. And so it has a purpose, Mm -hmm. an important purpose. The problem is what we can do is we kind of get stuck in that mode all day long. Yeah. And we end up trying to process every little thing, be ready for every little thing that happens all day long. Yep. Yeah. And when that happens, it actually is proven that you your brain stops connecting in new and creative ways. Mm-hmm. And it only kind of gets these rigid connections and you become a more rigid person. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is to kind of, I like to say, I get to go to the beach every day because mm-hmm. in those ten minutes, all you're doing is you're moving blood away from all that thinking mm. and rumination area. And you get to experience that beach moment.
1: yeah, mm-hmm. And your brain
0: becomes healthier, more connected. They're even saying now it's it actually um, brains that meditate are actually younger. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Um, yeah, so it's not just the benefit of being present in the moment or the benefit of maybe finding 10 minutes of peace. It's actually changing and healing and yes. rewiring our Your brains brain. whole.
0: That's what we're starting to find, yes. Yeah, and
1: it? not just our brains, but our bodies. Because we aren't just a brain or we aren't just a body. If we're healing our brains, we're healing our bodies. 100%.
0: Yeah. And actually, I it's interesting you say that because I'm still learning what it's like to be in my body, totally. I was talking to one of our night supervisors mm-hmm. the other night, and I'm like, I, "It was James B. We're both um, studying to be therapists, mm-hmm, and yeah. I was like, James, I got to be honest, I don't feel stuff in my body yet. I'm still working on it. Yeah. But, but I think part of my journey through meditation is it's allowing me to start being able to feel my body more and not be stuck in my head all the time. Yeah, yeah. And so I continue to benefit from those moments yeah. because what happens in the 10 minute of meditation is it then goes on throughout my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for instance, I was hearing the birds today on the way over here. Mm-hmm. So I could hear them. I had my windows down. I heard the, when I have my spiritual teacher, I'll read you this quote. She's actually on the app. Her name is Sarah Blondin. And she says this, and I love this, lay down all effort and needing, stop searching, do not be called into forced doing. Stop trying to prove. Instead, receive. Notice the wind, the leaf, the bird. Listen to the long silenced voice within you. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is a great summary of what I'm trying to do in my life mm-hmm. is to be able to settle into a rhythm where I can see you and hear you mm-hmm. and live in a more at ease way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: One of my favorite poets, John O'Donohue, he says, learn to linger around someone of ease who seems to have all the time in the world. Mm. And back to night supervisory, if that can be a verb or whatever that is. I love that word linger. I want to linger more in my life, Mm. like not be in such a hurry. It reminds me of like, if you think of your favorite grandpa or... Favorite, you know, yeah. s- someone who's just easy to be with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like not only meditation, but just my experience in life where I am now is I'm starting to become more of a person of ease.
1: Mm.
0: I want to feel easy
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, to
0: people and like, oh, man, I want to go hang out with that guy. And right. he, guess what? He has all the time in the world for me. Yeah, He's yeah. He's not in a hurry to get yeah. anywhere, you know?
1: That is a universally— good feeling. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like why we love dogs. Like they want to be around us. That's why we love babies. They need us. People that are just content to be in our presence. When I think about who has made the most impact on me, even from a, a working standpoint, who's which boss has made the most impact on me. It's not the one that has the biggest credentials or the one that like is the most successful. It's the one that has like sat with me, <laughs> you know, like we want to be Absolutely. with And I think that's honestly what meditation is, too. It's even lingering with yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not just with others. It's the presence with self. And I, I like, also want to push back. You say you don't feel things in your body, but I think that beach moment is in your body. Like, Mm -hmm. you, when you you said at first, like, where do you feel the most clarity? I, I feel everything in my body. And for me, when I feel the most clarity is, like, when... I can drop down out of my thoughts and into my body. Like if I can close my eyes, if I can take deep breaths so good. and be in touch with my body. And I think even if you can't name that, I think you're doing that um, yeah. by being present. And maybe you don't feel it in a tangible sense in your body. Like I don't feel it in a stress or I don't feel it in my stomach or whatever. But I do think when we can bring congruence between our thoughts and our bodies, that's where presence actually is.
0: Yeah, that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. I will receive that because it's a journey I'm learning and I'm I'm excited to learn And I think it's
1: good to want to continue to grow in that. I mean, that's like... Kind of what we're known for is experiential Uh therapy and somatic therapy. And what somatic means is in your body. It's in your body therapy or movement therapy. And trauma is, we often think about trauma just in our brains, but it's physically stored in our bodies. And Mm -hmm. trauma is stored in a different part of our brains than other emotions. And you actually cannot heal that part of your brain unless if you move your body or have some sort Mm -hmm. of connection to your body. And that doesn't mean like working out and it's not something that like, it has to do with ability, but it's connecting your body with your choices, your feelings, your, like, movement. And trauma actually requires us to do that in order to heal it, not just acknowledge it.
0: That's so good. Yeah,
1: and I think people don't know that, and that's why, like, it can be so powerful, both in the group room, doing something experiential, but also that's why playing is powerful at on-site. That's why yeah. going for a walk on the trail right. is powerful at on-site.
3: Even tapping in the group room, we had, I had my... Guide uh, when we would have like really heightened emotions or heightened feelings or something was happening. Like, I remember one time I was like weeping uncontrollably and couldn't get my body under control. And she just like looked at me in the eyes and started tapping. She crossed her arms and tapped left, right, left, right. Just like she was like yeah. breathing. And so, just sometimes in the moment. Right. I do that when I'm on a podcast interview and I'm feeling right. nervous. I go behind my back and I tap. Yeah. Or on my steering wheel when I'm in traffic. Like yeah. just there um,
1: we we're just working on a TikTok around this, but uh, TikTok. Um, you my know, favorite um, therapy TikTok is you my love, favorite. I forgot you love TikTok. Well, oh like, my gosh, you know, yes. it's very trendy right now in the last couple months to take, like, a silly little mental health walk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talk about, like, their, like, hot girl walk or their silly little mental health walk. Can <laughs> I both put it on our calendar? Yeah, we do. We have, we have walks in our calendars in the day because it's so important. Um, but anyways, the TikTok we're working on or just worked on right now is just kind of, like, benefits of that silly little mental health walk. It's not yeah. just, like, good for your body, go get some air. But, like, actually moving yeah. um, is helpful. The bilateral stimulation of your feet is helpful, so good. and in the same way, meditation is. Like that's what meditation is. It's movement, even though a lot of times we're like meditating is still for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. But it's breath, it's acknowledgement, it's presence, mm-hmm. it's being in the moment, and connecting your body and your brain. Absolutely, yes. Hmm,
3: I love that, and I just. Really want to affirm you, Keith, because I think you are someone from the moment I met you who is very at ease and present. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think just you feel really settled in your own skin. And I know that that is not something that has come easily. I know that it's been hard earned. Yeah. Figuring out like, who am I? What am I doing?
1: And, um, yeah and how contagious yeah. that is yes yeah, so it feels contagious we just we don't know you that you. well but the fact that we both are overjoyed to spend an hour <laughs> with you is because I know <laughs> I'm going to leave more present yes. I'm going to leave more connected I feel in, like emboldened and connected to myself when I'm mm-hmm. around you because mm. you just permeate that so I'm so grateful that you get to hold space for people at nighttime in a vulnerable time yes. in a fun time yeah. like, you get to be there for that and I'm, I'm really grateful
0: I'm grateful for that too Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, one of the quotes, and I'll give you another quote.
1: I can't wait. Okay. You're here for okay. it.
0: This happens to be my favorite quote. Okay,
3: Your favorite quote of all ever? time?
0: Of all time.
3: Oh, my God! I get
1: tattooed.
0: And it, I read it every week here at OnSite. Mm. Um, but, yes, my favorite quote from Dan Allender. A lot of people know Dan Allender in the trauma field and the addiction field. But yep. he says, helping people face their own brokenness is easy, The dilemma is to help them face their stunning beauty. Mm. And one of the things I told my wife I really wanted to say today is that if if you're out there and listening, driving in the car, it is so important for you to understand how beautiful you are, Mm. your stunning beauty. Your family needs you to understand your stunning beauty. Your Mm. spouse, your relationships, your friendships. There's no time not to embrace that. Mm. And so that's what I believe is kind of my passion, Mm -hmm. is I want people to be able to see their beauty because Mm. we've all got it. Mm -hmm. It's all inside of us.
2: Mm.
0: And if I can spend my days, which I get to do it, night at all inside, it's really easy to expose someone to their beauty. Mm. But a lot of people don't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. They do not want to acknowledge their own beauty,
2: mm.
0: but when you do, it's amazing what that can unlock inside of you, and and really, um, it, it changed my life. Yeah, and I think that's what onsite's all about. Honestly, people walk out of here feeling beautiful.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's beautiful. So good. I wish everyone in the whole world could come to an on-site program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish they all could have you as an ice supervisor. I right? <laughs> they all could taste the yummy ahi tuna, like oh, all, no. all the things. Um, but in reality, a lot of people listening mm-hmm. will, will never make it to on-site, whether because it doesn't work in their current life, finances, or whatnot. I hope that we can meet you wherever you are. Um, but what would be kind of a couple things that you hope people could do practice here and now that are the benefits of, like, kind of what you see happening at say How yeah. can people kind of begin that journey on their own, access that beauty, access that presence, whatever it is?
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little opinionated about okay. this, okay? <laughs> so, I've met all kinds of people in 53 years,
2: mm-hmm.
0: successful, not successful in their terms, whatever that is to them. True. Kathleen says... Kathleen Murphy, clinical director here, who I love to death. I've listened to every one of her podcasts five times, I think. (laughs) Yeah, she's awesome. But she says healing is not a destination, it's a journey. Mm. And I want to say this loud and clear. I believe the healthiest people in the world are with those of us that are in therapy.
3: Mm.
0: A lot of times therapy is like, oh, he goes to therapy. Something wrong with him. Let me tell you, if you don't go to therapy, you're misunderstanding. Mm
1: -hmm, That's mm -hmm, not how it works. mm
0: -hmm. The healthiest people in the world are in therapy. Can Um, I
1: ask when you started your therapy journey?
0: Yes. My children, my oldest son was in first grade. He started therapy. And it was so amazing Mm -hmm. that all of our children in first grade started therapy.
1: (laughs) After that,
0: yes. How
3: often were they going?
0: Oh, well, they would go see their therapist once a week, once a month, whatever their rhythm was. They were in group therapy. And now they don't have a vocabulary that's awkward around therapy. As a matter of fact, I'm so proud. My oldest son just started his master's at Lipscomb Mm. University here in Nashville to to be a licensed professional counselor. So I'm super excited. But— We made it a part of our family, and it was at Mm. that time that I really jumped into therapy because I was watching the ease at which they were maneuvering through therapy, and I was like, I want Mm. some of that.
1: That's
3: cool. And I would imagine that it came when you have three young kids and you're in therapy, like, at a little bit of a sacrifice. Like, what did that look like for you all?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean,
3: financially even financially, to have
0: time. Time.
3: Yeah. Emotional capacity. Yeah.
0: That's right. And um sacrifice is kind of a relative term because you quickly realize right. yeah, it's totally. not a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. But making the decision is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. people that come here is a it's a sacrifice yeah. at on site. And they leave saying, That was the cheapest yeah. thing I've ever done. That was the best thing I've ever done for my money. You know, it's right. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of relative. Yeah. But that's my journey with I've heard this, many yeah.
1: people come through and and obviously money is a barrier for a lot of people mm-hmm. um and it is it can be more accessible than we make it out to be in our brains because when we think about the long-term impact yeah um, I've, I've, we've interviewed so many alumni that have kind of said something around the fact of like you think you can't afford to but you really can't afford not to do something so like this good. whether it's on or therapy or whatever yeah. it is in your journey like we're living these lives that are Burned out and anxious and disconnected. Mm-hmm. And that's not just affecting me. I think sometimes when I think I'm in a bad place, like it's like, it's okay. I can toughen up and like get through it. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's actually ruining my relationships. It's actually yeah. burdening the people I love. And so, like you said, the healthiest people are actively working on themselves. And it's not just a gift to ourselves, but to those we love.
0: Yeah. And I've been so proud at my kids at in fifth grade. <laughs> eighth grade, ninth grade, all the way through, you know, in front of all kinds of people. I, I've got to go to therapy Thursday. And it's— it's
1: That's cool. Just, it's a normal thing. Oh,
0: it's just a—yeah, it's more than—it's even more than normal for them. It's like they know that's their healing place. And that's— I hope that's how we continue community. to it. I
1: love that. Like, obviously, so many of us grew up with a stigma around therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that therapy and mental health is getting, like— the spotlight right now. Like, I love that it's becoming more normalized and I hope that it won't just be like something we talk about but it will be something we do and then talk about too. But like, yeah, I know. Like, it's easy to support other people going to therapy. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm all pro mental health and pro therapy. Yeah, nothing's wrong with me though, so I don't really <laughs> need to go. You know, That's like right. I hear that so often, and I get it. I felt that way too. Yeah. And it, for me, it is a sacrifice to commit to it financially every week. Yeah, but yeah, I need to. Like, I need yeah. to in order to be the best me. And sometimes, if you can't, like, what does it look like to go for a season and figure out how mm-hmm. to come back to it later? But that's yeah. right. And I
0: think I, I think I mentioned before, I'm in therapy school now. I'm, yeah. Um, studying to become a therapist, which I, one day I hope to guide here. Mm. So I've, been, I've had oh. a lot of wonderful guides take me under their wings here at Onsite. It. So it's been great. But Onsite does, I think part of it is we're learning in the entire field, we're creating better space for people, yeah. cozier spaces, mm-hmm. um, we're creating comfort. It doesn't feel like you're going in a doctor's office when you go to therapy. Most nah. for the most part anymore. Yeah, um, a lot of people are doing outside therapy. All sorts of yeah. stuff. Yeah, so and I, I love, love the idea way.
3: of creating a relationship, like where there's um, trust and a history, so that when shit does hit the fan in yeah. your life, or you go through a hard season, or you experience something, you've already have this trusted relationship with someone who you know can help guide you through it. Mm-hmm. If you're going like so, going when life is good. Also, is going to set you up know, to be successful and work yeah. hard, but I, I, I definitely like have gone in different seasons and have prioritized it in different ways, but always having someone to go back I to. I think that's is right, helpful.
0: Hannah, because for me, um, a lot of times when I'm hurting in therapy, I'm um, triaging, right, yeah, and then when I'm healthy in my therapy. That's where I tend to see a lot of the real growth yeah. as well, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm. Oh,
1: my goodness. After I did an on-site program, my therapy skyrocketed mm. because, and I've been in therapy for a decade, like consistently. Yeah. It's not new to me. I studied to be a therapist, too. Like, it was, it's a very familiar territory for me. But until I could heal, really, truly heal some parts of myself, I was blocked. I could yeah. not unlock. And that's what our mission statement our mission, summit, our mission here at OnSite is we design and deliver transformational experiences that optimize your life and build meaning and value back into the human experience. And I love that because it's not we fix you, you're broken, we put a bandaid on our, we make it better. It's, Transformational experiences to optimize your life and yeah. build meaning back into your experience because you had meaning. We have purpose. Yeah. We, as humans, were born with potential, and and the world just covers it up. We get yeah. lost. We lose it. It gets messy. We get told that, that it doesn't matter, um, mm. and so building and finding meaning that we already had, rediscovering it, and optimizing our life. It's not just about. I We say all the time here that like onsite isn't operating from a sickness model. We're operating from a wellness model. And so, like, how are we infusing wellness into what we do? And like you said, like that, when you're healthy, it it doesn't stop. You're not like, oh, and I'm healthy now. It's like, I'm healthy, and now I get it. What actually excites me? Yeah. What gives me mm. purpose? How can I give to other people? Yeah. How can I be lingering? Like, mm. you wouldn't have discovered the lingering if you were stuck.
0: That's right. That's you know? good. Kathleen Everyone's said just, our
1: own podcast over here. <laughs> yes, <I know. laughs>
0: Kathleen said just last night, she said, I thank you guys for being here mm. because my daughter is being raised in your world. Mm. And that's the kind of world I want my daughter to be in mm. and my granddaughter. Mm. Um, a community of people who are seeking health. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: That's so good. Keith, thank you for sitting down with us. Yeah. This has been a really great lingering time. Oh, my
0: gosh. I so loved it. You.
3: And I was thinking as you were talking that people are going to love you so much. I think people— Yeah, repeat are, guests for yes, sure. Yes, repeat guests for sure. And also <laughs> our alumni are going to be so excited to get to see a little bit of your story. And we're just going to start a wait list for you because mm-hmm. you're about a year out, right, from seeing patients. <laughs> right, right yeah. So, yeah, okay. Weird, so, we just start your wait list now. <laughs> you're in the Tennessee area
0: you can come just come see me at Onsite. yeah yeah but, yeah you right. know
1: not supervising at all just, hanging, supervising. Out. <laughs> just
0: hanging out <laughs> and <building> making fires, <laughs>
1: fires.
0: <laughs> and listen it's not just me it's the other night guys yeah. there. and ladies they're totally. amazing it's an amazing
1: team amazing
0: ladies. people yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you're it's a good representative a of
1: an amazing team yes
0: Thanks, well Keith. i've loved hanging with
1: you guys
2: Thank you for listening today and for committing valuable time to share space with these powerful stories. Make sure you hit subscribe to get all of our inspiring conversations with these incredible people delivered directly to you. And if you found this conversation particularly impactful, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.